Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Sitting here with me, trusty sidekick, Tommy Durigan. <laughs> I slipped into my where, Irish. I don't know why. Where did that come from? Oh, Tommy Durigan. <laughs> I had just been to confession, and I was using an Irish accent. You sound like a uh, Lucky Charms Irishman. <laughs> that's me, but that's yeah. what I sound like in the confessional, because I don't yeah. want Father to know it's me. <laughs> oh, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. You know. Oh my gosh. No, I'm not advising that Ladies to everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this show is supposed to be about reality, and well, you know what? This is there my reality. It. There it is. All righty. Well, you know what? Here we are, and uh, we're going to do a segue of that. Mate, that's Mr. right. We're, well, confession is a good segue <laughs> because we're we're going to have to go to confession after this show, but yes. um, hopefully we Speak all we all will go to confession after this show because I think uh, that's we're going to what we're going to talk about is the Lenten experience, mm-hmm. and what do you do? If you find yourself, Lent has started, mm-hmm. it's, it's rolling it's on, and the rest of the, uh, you know, the preaching started, you come to Mass, and there's yeah. purple things here and there, and they're wearing purple up on the altar, and, you know, there's not a lot of music, and there's no flowers, and you're thinking, well, Lent started. No hallelujahs. Exactly right. And so the question then becomes, how is Lent going for you? Right. Right. And I know I've been in the situation far too often where... I look around me and go, well, Lent has started, but not for me. Yeah, you're kind of slow on the uptake. Yeah, I feel like I'm behind the eight ball, and it's just not going to... And then you start thinking, well, it's already kind of going. I've blown Lent. I've messed this Lent up again, so... Might as well forget it. Yeah, you know, or I'll try to do last one of the last stab or whatever. And mm-hmm. I guess what we want to do here on this episode is we've we our world famous top 10 things i get all these emails now world famous i wouldn't say they're world famous but uh, in our little world they are heck yeah but we're going to do the top 10 ways to ramp up your lent and this is specifically things that you can just start doing mm-hmm. even if lent's a couple of weeks old you know second third fourth sunday and you're like i really haven't done what i'm supposed to do yeah it's never too late to start no you're right tom we need to let people know it's never too late right Right, I mean that, that's that's part of our theology. Yeah. Right. You can have a deathbed confession. That's you know, true. And really, you know, go and to you're in. You know, that's the that's that parable of the workers in the field. Right. That's those guys. Exactly that, right. Those guys that uh, get uh, go to work at like five thirty p.m. right yeah. before sunset, they got the same wage as the guys that started early in the morning. At and that's five thirty a.m. Exactly, and that teaches us that um, you know we shouldn't wait. Right, because right. we might miss that little pickup at the end, you know, where the guy's driving around picking up the last few folks. But uh, we, 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 it's never too late. It's not. We need to always remember that there's still time. And don't, so, don't be bashful. So, we're going to talk about the top 10 ways that right now you can ramp up your Lent. Great. Right. And what is always on number one on our list? Confession. Our confession. But but the lists of all lists, this one belongs at the top. Right at the right at the top. Yeah. And we've talked about before about the importance of confession. Everyone knows the importance of confession. We know it's a sacrament. We know it's a way to get God's very divine life in our own lives, mm-hmm. right? His grace comes to us in this sacrament, how beautiful it is. But really, if you're trying to take an opportunity to sort of, I don't know, just turn inward, mm-hmm. retrospectively kind of look at your life, where, where am I? What am I doing? 
to try to simplify, to to start to uh, pull things away that are you know distracting us, and take this these forty days of Lent seriously, right? You know, confession. What better way? Oh my goodness! There it, is no other better. There is no better way. Right. It it just it clears it clears the pathway. Yeah. It takes all the distractions away. Clean slate. Clean slate. Exactly right. So once you've gone to confession. It's amazing how it's easier to sort of dive into a devotional, dive into some kind of new way of doing things or new thinking, because you don't have the distraction of the sin anymore. You're right. It's not weighing you down. You're right. I mean, you you run a lot faster, right? A hundred yard dash. You, you get rid a, of all that baggage. Like if you've got a, a backpack full, you know, with fifty pounds of bricks in it, you're not going to run as fast. That's right. Yeah, it's going to slow you down. So that's the same way with sin. And so going to confession. That's number one. If you do, if you go to confession now, call up your priest, you know, make him earn his dough. Just call him. I know it's not the regular <laughs> confession time, Father, but I really got to get this off my chest. Yeah. Can I meet with you? Yeah. They're going to say yes. Yeah. Right? If they don't, then they got to go to confession. But that's a whole other show. <laughs> we can talk about that. No, I think my experience has been that priests love to, to utilize this sacrament, to offer this sacrament, because they love to see healing. Oh, yeah. Right? No doctor enjoys when a patient dies. Right. Right? They enjoy, like, wow, I was part of the healing process. They can, they can see that baggage coming off. Oh, I know. That's a beautiful sight. Oh, exactly right. So, number one, go to confession. So, number two, I'm going to talk about. It's interesting. We kind of both had this on there. But, mm-hmm. you know, the age-old thing of about Lent, you ask any kid about Lent, what they're going to tell you is, oh, I'm giving up chocolate. I'm giving <laughs> up Cokes. I'm giving up whatever. Right? They, right. They're giving something up. So much so, I think, that adults have started saying, well, that's childish. They're giving something up. I'm, I'm not going to be so petty as to give up chocolate or desserts right. or whatever. Right. You know, I'm going to go right to the heart, and I'm going to just pour my heart into Lent. Right. You know, the Lord will love me because remember, I've given Doug, my heart to remember him. Remember Doug right? used to give up uh, patience? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our friend, God rest his soul, Doug Krakulski, uh gave up patience for Lent. That's not necessarily a good one either. But... But I will tell you that I think that we need to sort of reinvest ourselves in this concept of giving something up. Yeah, there's something to it. And I and I mean really give something up. I'm not talking about giving up chocolate. Now, you can give up chocolate. but You're talking about Diet Coke and French fries, aren't I'm you? I'm talking about the things that I love. Are you hurting right now? You know what? I, I it, Lent's just started, and I'm already <laughs> going like, you know, I'm picturing those uh, Diet Coke commercials. You know where they got the little clear glass yeah and the and the ice goes all the way to the top right and you can actually see the little sparkles you can hear you know. it you oh, can hear the, it's the crackling drink poured in oh yeah the carbonation is oh yeah oh yeah that's me i love that <laughs> i love that and the reality is i drink probably way too many colas so please don't write in here and tell me i'm being unhealthy i know that but yeah. you know i love these things but we could we could have, could easy for me to say we could have them send in samples of diet coke. No, let's not do that either. I don't you want know, to have just a whole to bunch of. You. I don't need any more diet yeah, coke sitting that. in front of me. Don't to be bashful. Send see them it. in. But let me say this: if you're giving up something that you like, that you genuinely use every day, all the time, you really enjoy, that's giving something up. And every time that I have this image in my head of a diet coke, believe it or not, I'm thinking about Jesus. I, I know that sounds weird, but I, my hunger, my thirst for for something that I'm so used to having, mm-hmm. it's just and it's a simple thing. Well, that's the key. You got to attach it to prayer or or that kind of a thought. Exactly right. You you have you you're giving something up for a reason. Right. Not simply to lose weight, or not simply to say, well, I've got to give something up so I will pick, you know, all in the family reruns. It's like, well, I don't watch those. Right. You know, it's be like giving up, you know, root canals. <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
going to the dentist, whatever. You you don't want to. You can't or give homework. up. Right. Well, homework. Yeah. Oh, I love homework. I'm giving you that, that can, mom. That could I don't backfire on you. You're probably right. But but let me just say that really choose something and actually give it up. Yeah. Because I hear a lot of people say things like, well, I'm not giving up something because I'm an adult. What I'm doing is giving more time to the homeless. Well, you know what? Give more time to the homeless. You should. Right. And you can do that during Lent. But you still need to give something up because that's hard. It's hard when you're giving up something that you really want. It something you every single day. It is hard. Right? It's, it's a tough thing. So give something up. And I mean really give something up for Lent. Now, piggybacked onto that, mm-hmm. we have this concept of giving something up during Lent. But then also, there's this beautiful gift that the church gives us. Now, there are actually more than 40 days from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. And the reason why there are more is because the Sundays of Lent actually technically are not counted in the 40 days of Lent. Yeah, they're kind of like many Easter's. That's Well, there are many, many Easter's. Right. They're little, littler Easter's. So right. every Sunday is a mini Easter, right? Mm-hmm. Reminding us of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. But even during Lent, we have more downplayed Easter celebrations. And I know that sounds weird, but uh, 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 the third thing that I have on my list is to remember to celebrate the resurrection on the Sundays of Lent. And, and the reason why I say that is because they're technically not called you know, of the four, part of the 40 days of Lent. Mm-hmm. These 40 days of Lent, O oh Lord. You know, they didn't sing these 46 days of Lent, O oh Lord, right? <laughs> it's the 40 days of Lent. There are six Sundays of Lent. Right. And each of those Sundays, we are given a glimpse of the resurrection in a subdued way. Mm-hmm. And so what I say to someone who's trying to think of something they can do is like this pair, number two and three. So give something up. But allow yourself to have a taste of that. If you gave mm-hmm. up desserts, mm-hmm. have a small dessert on Sunday. If you right. gave up chocolate, have a bag of M&Ms on Sunday mm-hmm. and say, Lord, thank you for the gift of the resurrection. So is there anything wrong with the guy that doesn't do that? No, I just think that sometimes it's a misplaced uh, form of macho when the guy says, well, I'm a tough guy. And I go, oh, every day. I'm not weak and, and I don't have to have that. It's like, I think the reality is it's like oxygen mm-hmm. and you're going to have to take a breath every once in a while. Right. Mm-hmm. It's our, the church's liturgy, even the, the seasons, right. The seasons change and they give us a, a, a new uh, way of looking things, but they, they back and forth, they breathe in and they breathe out. Our liturgy breathes in and breathes out. And I think that our Lent to be more healthy needs to breathe in and breathe out. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I give up diet Cokes on Sunday, I have a diet Coke. And it's like, I can have a Diet Coke because it's Sunday. Thank God for the resurrection. How beautiful. What a wonderful gift. Now, don't overdo it. I was going to say, it's and probably drink like a 12-ounce can. It's not well, a, I'm not going to drink a, a, a two-liter or whatever, <laughs> but I am going to enjoy a Diet Coke on right. that day. But again, I'm still, like you said, connecting it to Lent. Right. Connecting it to the prayer yeah. so that I understand that it's a great gift to have it. Right. Right. And so that's why I, I, I think it's important that we remember the resurrection on every Sunday, even those Sundays during Lent. Um, okay, so my number four. My number four is kind of tough. It's pray a rosary each week that's dedicated to someone you hate, a much-needed miracle, and a seemingly impossible goal. You chuckle because it's like, Well, you know, also you said and at the end. Is it? There's no ors in there? You well, can't you can do, like, or. do just an or here I'm and there? saying pray a rosary for the impossible. Those are tough, man. Lent is a time, I think, that it's a good thing for us to remember that with God, all things are possible. With one single act, right, his suffering and death, then his resurrection, 
right? He overcame. And the impossible happened, mm-hmm. right? We were reunited, reconnected with a loving God. And so that path was, was cleared for us. And that would have been an impossible goal. It's impossible for us to accomplish. Right. So let's go ahead and put some other things on that. Yeah. How about world peace? How about pray a rosary for peace in the world? How about pray a rosary for the unification of all churches? Oh, yeah. that'll never happen. Not in my time in this day and age. There's no way. Pray a rosary for it. Yeah. And I'm just saying that's a it's a Lenten uh, opportunity mm-hmm. for us to take a special time out of our lives and just say, you know what? I'm going to pray for the impossible. Good stuff, but tough. It is tough. But you can do it. I think you can. If you can pray a rosary, you can do it. You can. All right, we have more to do. We've only gotten through four of them. We got uh, we got six more to do. You got to pick up the pace. Dude. Yeah, we're gonna have to move through this a little faster. But uh, first, we're gonna take a little break. Before do we do that, I want to remind folks at home we got a great website www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you. Tell me what you're doing this Lent. Send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. With that, we'll be right back. I'm Bester Zemski, and this is another great moment in church history. St. Peter Julian Amard was born in a small town in France in 1811, and from his childhood days he felt a calling to serve God as a priest in the Catholic Church. But St. Amard's road to the priesthood was not to be an easy one. Anti-clericalism was rampant in French society in the early 1800s, and on top of that, the Amard family was poor. His father, reluctant to give his blessing to his only son's desired vocation, finally allowed him to enter the seminary to study for the priesthood. Unfortunately, St. Amard had to leave the seminary due to serious health issues, but he never gave up on God's call. He finally finished seminary after overcoming many obstacles and was ordained a priest in 1834. St. Amard, despite his ill health, was a surprisingly energetic and enthusiastic priest. He had a strong devotion to Mary, the Mother of God, and enjoyed traveling throughout France to various Marian shrines. He joined the Marist Fathers in 1839 and started immediately preaching, writing, offering spiritual direction, educating, and organizing. He eventually became provincial of his Marist order. St. Amard never waned in his love of Mary and in his belief in Christ's real presence in the Most Blessed Sacrament, which was encountering a resurgence of devotion in France at the time. He took this opportunity to found a new order, the Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament, still active today. This order was known for its devotion to Eucharistic adoration and for preaching about the gift of Jesus' presence among us in the Eucharist. The Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament encountered many difficulties along the way. The fathers and the brothers of the order took a vow of poverty, chastity, and obedience to the bishop, and times were tough. Nevertheless, their persistent faith in Christ protected them and provided all that they needed to survive and to do their work. St. Amard and his order were very effective in fostering love and reverence for the Blessed Sacrament. They prepared young adults for First Holy Communion, preached at Eucharistic devotional liturgies, and were very effective in reaching out to fallen away Christians and bringing them back to the church. St. Amard went on to found a second order, an order of women religious called the Servants of the Blessed Sacrament. While this order performs numerous acts of charity and outreach, the Sister Servants of the Blessed Sacrament find their devotion centered on adoring Christ in the Eucharist. 
I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here with my sidekick, trusty sidekick, Tom Dorian. Ready to go. Yeah, we're talking about top ten ways to ramp up your rent. I know i got six more. more. You better get on your horse. But before I say I've got the six more. You're going to go back to number four? No, one through four. Number one, go to confession. Number two, give something up. No, really, give something up. (laughs) Number three, remember to celebrate the resurrection on the Sundays of Lent. Number four, pray a rosary each week for an impossible cause. That's the tough one. It cannot be done. So the power of prayer. Mm -hmm. So number five is just adding in a daily mass. Great idea. There. You, you know, it's great if you were retired and you could go to daily mass every single day. Like, like you mean like one daily, extra daily mass a week? I'm just saying one a week. Okay. Some people can get to a couple of weeks. Some people already go to multiple or, or masses. Or just one for the entire season of Lent. Yeah. I just know that there's a lot of folks that don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I know I'm challenged with time a lot. And so just making sure to add in a few extra daily masses I think is a good thing. I, I think about... Our own parish here, we go to St. Louis Parish in Memphis, Tennessee, and during Lent, it's just the most amazing thing, but during Lent, our noon Mass... It's packed. It is packed. It's crazy, isn't it? It's Really, it starts Ash Wednesday and just keeps on going all really the way does. through Lent. Right. And I think that's kind of cool, and it's just a testimony that people have decided to take a little extra time, eat a little less lunch, mm-hmm. right, and then go to Mass. It's like a little 30-minute Mass, mm-hmm. right? And then you go there, and it's like... It's just something you can do. It's something you can start tomorrow. That'll definitely ramp up your Lent. Exactly right. That'll start. That'll give it a little kick in the pants there. Mm-hmm. So number six, invite the Holy Spirit in prayer to be empowered this Lent. I mean, we far too few times invoke the Holy Spirit. For whatever reason, we forget him, don't we? Yeah. We pray to God the Father. We, we want to move the mountain. We want the, we want the miracle. Dad, yeah. we need your help, Dad. <laughs> right? And you go to my brother. Oh, my brother, I got some problems here. You're going to walk with me? as Jesus. I know. Those are great things. That's a great, those are great reasons to pray to God the Father and God the Son. But sometimes we forget God the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, and he really is an empowering. He is. An empowering prayer to the Holy Spirit. Yep. Right? He guides. He leads. He protects. He consoles all the great things that he does. And he'll empower your land. If you're saying, hey, Holy Spirit, I'm not having a great Lent. I haven't really just felt the juice. Come down here and help me, please. Help me out. I'm telling you, when you ask the Holy Spirit, be ready. You better oh, yeah. cl- you clear better be your ready. calendar. Right. Clear You're your right. calendar. You know, <laughs> it's time It's time to take it on because here he comes. That's, right? that's neat. Okay, so number seven. This is a little idea I had that uh, is just carry a large crucifix or a cross in your pocket daily. That is a good idea. Now, you stop and think about that for a second, because if you... And I'm not talking about a little tiny one. Mm-hmm. A little tiny one's going to get lost with all the nickels and dimes and quarters and whatever else you got in there. Sticks of gum and who knows what else, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have a large crucifix, you are going to bump into that thing every all day, day, all day long. long. Every time you put your hand in your pocket, it's like... Or people say, what is that in your pocket? Because you're going to have like the shape of a crucifix, like right. pressing through your trousers. Or your clank up against a counter Exactly. With it. You know? Yeah. And I, I just think those are, those are moments... 
that you will then suddenly go, oh, that's a cross I have in my pocket because it is Lent. It's a reminder. It's a reminder of what Jesus did for us and what he's asking us to do. I told you once before about that that priest that handed out nails. They look like spikes. Yeah. They would have been similar to the spikes that were nailed through Christ's hands and feet. You've got that thing in your pocket. Now, don't try to get on an airplane with that. No. (laughs) You know, I don't know if that's going to fly, quote unquote. No pun intended. Yeah, but I will tell you that uh, those nails, just thinking about stuff like that. So something like that in your pocket that reminds you of yeah. the suffering, death, and resurrection of our Lord is powerful. It is powerful. Good idea. I, I just think that's a way to, and it's a, it's a subtle reminder because every time you bump into it, you're going to go, hey, Jesus died for me. When we did this list, that was one of the things I didn't think of. So that was well done there. That, that's a good one. I think it's a good one. Very good. All right. So number eight, attend the fresh fish fry. Now, here's the thing. That's a great idea, too. Because if you stop and think about it, we all, every parish has got a fish fry. And we go, that's mm-hmm. the fish fries, the knights or the whoever does the fish fry, you know, the altar guild. or It's a bunch of old folks got it's a bunch the, of it's friars. It's the men's club at uh, St. Louis. Saint, the men's club. It's great. You they know? rock it, man. I know. But, you know, some of them are... Not as great as others. And this one we have here rocks. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. But the point is a lot of people don't go. Why? Because they're like, I don't like fish. I don't like fried foods. I don't like whatever. And I don't like the fuzz. And I don't want, you know, and you come up with all these reasons. We have grilled fish too, by the way. I know. That's just a little plug there. Okay. So everybody listening to this radio right now, (laughs) get up wherever you are. If you're in Green Bay, Wisconsin, drive to Memphis, Tennessee, to St. Louis on Fridays. (laughs) All kidding aside, Tom. I know. Most people don't want to go to their community uh, events and they're missing out they're missing they out not go. only on a meal mm-hmm. they're missing out on community that's exactly right right because you get to see other families right that are going through lent right. that are saying hey we aren't eating meat either and other families get to see you that's and your right. family you were a, you were a your kids something amen brother yeah so just you know do something different go to the fish fry great idea i think it's a good idea and i think it's something that you know it'll benefit your parish it Whatever will. group that's being benefited uh, by your paying a few bucks for some fried uh, food. But the reality is, more importantly, it's a testimony to a community coming together in celebration of this great principle of self-denial. Yep. Right? Leading to the ultimate gift, the glories of Easter. That's right. I think it's a wonderful thing to do as a community. I agree. All right. So number nine, use. this is yours. I'm going to let you say it. I don't. I don't remember what number nine is. No, you got it, not me. You, you talked about uh, you know. Hey, what are you giving up for Lent? To oh, your friends? Yeah. yeah. Well, we talked about partnering up with friends or family. They hold you accountable, but also use it as an evangelization tool. Yeah. So look, at, so look at your. I, I did this with a couple of Protestant friends and said, "Hey, by the way, what are you giving up for Lent?" And they look at you, and the next thing you know, you guys are going off in some conversation, and and you don't have to let up. You can do it the entire Lent. It's a great way to evangelize. I think it's beautiful because it helps people understand. Because, you know, there are misgivings about Catholics all over the place. I totally understand that. So when you go up and say to your good Protestant friend, hey, what are you giving up for Lent? It's like, well, uh, I'm not into works righteousness. You know, <laughs> the, the Lord has imputed his righteousness upon me. And, right. you know, you start getting these conversations. But the reality is it's like, look, I, I, my works are not giving me any salvation. However, right. just like St. Paul, I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling. And I'm part of the, the process of salvation right. uh, when I attach these these self-denials, these this, the abstention from meat or, or abstention from something that's good that I like. You know, when I say no. You know, exactly right. And when I say no, the Lord says yes. Right? <laughs> I, when I empty myself, I'm filled by the Lord. Right. And so having someone who doesn't understand that concept 
at least get in the conversation, it's a great evangelization tool. It really is. Tom, that was brilliant. That's a that's a really good that's a really good idea. I hope my mom's listening to this show. Oh yeah, because you're brilliant, smartest. Yeah. You're the smartest kid on the planet. I'm the smartest sidekick ever. You know, all those hits to the helmet really did not affect you that much. Yeah, but the days I didn't wear a helmet, that, that kind of hurt. <laughs> those, those that left the, a mark. Those are the problematic days. Yeah. Well, look, we're gonna here's here's number ten. Okay. So number ten is is a biggie. And what and what really the, the the ten is really a concept. You know, we we had all these other ideas, mm-hmm. right? You said read a book. Right? Profound, yeah. Profound. Well, you said read a book, and I said that's a stupid thing, Tom. And and then I said take a regular hour of adoration. You know, you're like, well, aren't we already doing that? Whatever. And yeah. I said, well, what about stations of the cross? She's like, yeah, stations. That's good. But the reality is, there are so many things that you can do mm-hmm. during Lent, right? So there is taking an hour of adoration. And there is finding a good spiritual book that I've got a list of fifty books. Yeah, that people have said you got to read this book, best book ever. <laughs> It's like, really? Did you write it? Because why are you making me? It's like, okay. So I put this to the, on the list, and I never get to them. Yep. Well, you know what? Read a book. Find one of those books and say, I'm going to read that during Lent. Right? If you start at the beginning, you got six weeks. But if you start a bit later, get into that book. Yeah. You're going to benefit from it. Oh, yeah. And what about going to your parish stations of the cross? What about just Googling stations of the cross and getting a little uh, you know, list yourself and print it out you know, on your home computer? And then walk down to the parish church and stand in front of those stations and immerse yourself in that path that Jesus took. That is a great idea. On his way to Calvary, dying for us. That's a great idea. Right? And ending up in the tomb and how beautiful. That will really put you in touch with the spirit of what we're doing. Yeah. You know, the the, the way of Christ, the walking the way, the mm-hmm. footsteps of Jesus, and how important, um, how important that is. Well, these are all things that you can do. and And the thing is, if you don't do all of them, because we have this phrase, I don't know if I coined it, but I say it all the time, and that is opportunity paralysis. We right. have so many things to do that we don't we don't get do it, do any of them. We're like, oh, this is too much. I can't really just do any of this stuff. Just and do I, it. I remember that old corporate adage: How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. And so my theory is, and no, our number ten is, do one thing. Right. Right. Do one thing. If there is just one thing that you do that that is a change that leads you into a deeper, more profound Lent. Success. Success. That's all the more for Jesus to work with, right, in your your body and soul. And so I think that just taking that time to do one thing, you know, any of these ten things we've talked about, but especially just do something. Amen. Pick one thing and do it. Let's pray. Grant, O Lord, that we may begin with holy fasting, this campaign of Christian service, so that as we take up battle against spiritual evils, we may be armed with weapons of self-restraint through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.